0: Welcome to TP Talks, PwC's Global Transfer Pricing Podcast Series. This episode is part of a special series on tax analytics topics and solutions for our clients. On today's episode, we will be discussing predictive analytics and the benefits tax departments and our clients can realize from these analyses. My name is Ben Brewer, and joining me today are Dr. Berg, a principal in the PwC Advanced Tax Analytics and Innovation Leader based out of the PwC Charlotte office, and Teresa Peacock, a partner in the Tax Reporting and Strategy Group based out of Atlanta. Dr. Berg, can you explain why tax departments should focus on predictive analytics and the benefits they
1: can realize? To provide a little context for this discussion, we here at PwC view predictive analytics as part of one of the pillars of the five levels of tax analytics starting out with BSL service, dashboard, data visualizations, moving on to predictive analytics, which is the focus of our discussion today, and then further into prescriptive analytics, like what should I be doing? And then into adaptive learning, which includes machine learning, artificial intelligence, and so forth. So basically, predictive analytics uses historical data to try to say something about the future. What is new now is that people are start putting in more and more uh, additional data, like what are the impact of regulatory changes? What is the impact of changing the uh, tax rates in the jurisdiction? When we do merges, divestitures, acquisitions, we try to take that additional data and say something about the future.
0: Oh, that's interesting. What are some of the methods and tools used to perform these predictive analyses?
1: Well, since a lot of our, what we see out there, out there in the industry they are living in Excel, we tend to find very basic forecasting methods. Sally, basically same as last year, plus some fudge factor. We also find some people using rolling forecast estimates. Uh, and then a pretty decent group of people are using predictive analytics, using um, regressions, multiple simple regressions, step regression, and so forth. But frankly, these methods are pretty rudimentary. Um, if you go to the other departments within the business, like, so look at supply chain, and material resource planning, and, and shipping and distribution, you'll find that they are using much more advanced forecasting, such as whole winter, looking at seasonality trends, inter-trends, like every quarter, by monthly, and we call them alpha, beta, and gamma ve- vector of four factors. So, you see these techniques there in the other departments starting to emerge into the tax departments and becoming much more solid techniques to forecast and much more accurate to do. And mainly right now we see that in the large organization, but over the next few years, I think you will see more of these advanced forecasting methods start percolating it down to the mid size and the smaller tax department as well.
0: So, Dr. Berg, I know one area that you've been utilizing predictive analytics to help your clients relates to provisioning of cash and end-of-year true ups. Can you elaborate on how these tools are helping your clients in this
1: area? Sure. Predictive analytics can be used to generate much more accurate forecasts and, and tax provisioning planning. And those improved forecasts may lead to cost reduction for many other companies and large-scale organizations. For instance, it allows you to do much more uh, accurate tax provision for cash. So if you over-provision for cash, you're setting aside too much money for liabilities that may not occur into the future, and that money can be used by organization to make more investments in plant, equipment, properties, marketing instead. And also, if you under-provision on taxes, that means you could have a true-up at the end of the year when you realize what your true liabilities were versus what you planned for, and you can have a big surprise.
0: What are some additional benefits that clients can realize using predictive
1: analytics? For instance, we were talking about provisioning right now, and provisioning for tax goes into the cash flow forecasting, and that may, allows you to do much better estimates and meet the earnings per share targets. So in large public companies, for instance, at the end of the year, um, you might not have a surprise where all of a sudden the tax department comes up and says we severely under because of X, Y, C circumstances, and now we are need to pay, pay more taxes than we expected and therefore to have an impact to the earnings per share. And those earnings per share, again, are tied to both the shareholders, who might have a negative effect in the stock market, but also to individual senior executives, which often have tied their compensation to the earnings per share targets for the company. So, there's both, both the personal motivation for executives, as well as the shareholder to make the accuracy as much as possible for the tax provision.
0: What are some recommendations you have for tax departments that want to have a deeper conversation on predictive analytics and the benefits that can come from tax analytics in general?
1: I think a three-step process. The first thing I would start off with looking internally in my organization and look at the skill set my existing tax department has. A lot of CPAs have the skills to start using advanced forecasting methods. They just need to go back to school or get back to taking like an academy and get trained on this. Other times, you may look at hiring new people, people with CPAs that are more technology savvy, and have better quantitative skills, and they're able to apply these techniques. And you'll find sort of a hybrid functions there that some people are coming out of the, uh, the schools right now and the universities have that quantitative skill as well as the CPA skills. And the last thing I would focus on is start doing some planning. Plan for IT investments beyond Excels. Get active seats at the table when new financial functions are added, like, for instance, an upgrade to an ERP system. Be part of that technology discussion, and don't always be at the tail end where you basically get download of trial balances at the end of the quarter. All the systems are run, and then you try to manipulate the data in Excel. Excel is a very solid tool, but it's not necessarily the best tool to do predictive analytics in.
0: Teresa Peacock, a tax reporting and strategy partner based in Atlanta, has some insights on predictive analytics and practical applications of where we're seeing clients begin to use predictive analytics in tax function. Teresa, how do you recommend clients begin to utilize predictive analytics in their business?
2: I think there's a couple of things. So first and foremost, one of the core pieces of predictive analytics is being able to take data from prior activities and be able to leverage additional facts onto that data to predict what will happen in the future. So actually having your data in a queryable format, so whether that's a database or some other source where you have data where you can quickly pull it together for the historical part and then be able to layer on those additional facts that we'll talk about in a moment. The second is to look at within your organization and see what tools are being used. So your quickest path to success is going to be something the organization's already using, IT supporting, and others in the organization can bring some real practical experience to, bring that into the tax function, and then start investing in learning those new tools. And some of that will be using teams that have been around for a long time that really understand the background of the organization, maybe team them up with some newer resources who might be a little bit more tech savvy. We've talked about STEM hires and how to bring those into the tax function on some previous uh, publications by PwC. But how do you now take and marry those together in a team approach to decide a path forward? And even for the more historical resources, online courses, there's a lot out there just to really learn how to use the tools, both from a technical step-by-step what to do and then also really practical, here's what other companies have done. So there's a lot out there on the web. Just go out and start digging through and get yourself a practical understanding of the tools. The next would be to start small. Too many people try to start with that in game of a mega model that will tell you anything about the solution. And really, you want to start with some basics and predict something on a small population, a very targeted prediction, and then build that over time. So those would probably be the three things. of data in one place, invest in learning, and then start small, gain some success, and then grow that predictive model over time.
0: Where, Where in your experience are you seeing clients focus their efforts as they begin to address using tax analytics in their business?
2: I think one of the big ones that we're seeing is tax reform as people think about a lot of historical data and very, very, i dynamic facts out in the market because you've got environmental things, business changes, you've got a fairly fluid way that the US will approach tax reform, you've got other countries looking at tax reform as well. Trying to layer all of that into an Excel model is very complicated. So how do you take something a little more sophisticated where you can bring a variety of variables into play to forecast what will happen in the future? A couple of others that I'm seeing are meals and entertainment, research and development, where you've got a lot of moving parts, very transaction focused, project focused, and trying to figure out what those for, the forecast what those deductions and credits will look like right. in the future. Being able to apply that business sense of what's happening in the business, what's happening in the economy, and then also as you think about deals. So deals are another big mm. variable of combining two businesses and determining what that result will be in the future, too often taxes only relied on, I've got Excel models from the past, and I'm just going to apply some inflation factor. How do you start building in more variables using some of these more sophisticated tools?
0: Right. And Teresa, as we look towards bigger trends, such as changes in global demographics, increasing transparency in a a large number of tax jurisdictions, which we think will lead to greater controversy, how would a client use predictive analytics to forecast around this different business environment?
2: I think transfer pricing is just a great example of there are so many moving parts. You've got your distribution models, you've got uh, entities that should be earning a particular percentage, but you've also got the mega trends applying. So we've got things like changing demographics, we've got varying tax rates in a lot of different countries, you've got real wholesale changes to the economy You've got very aggressive tax organizations, whether that's changing legislation or increase in controversy as we look at the transparency initiatives. There's a lot more information that's going to be out there in the future with country by country reporting. How do clients project what will happen in the future? So it's not just what should my return be and where where will I be earning uh, dollars in the future from a forecasting perspective. It's also what will happen from perspective of uncertain tax positions and some other areas. So I think that's a really prime area where people, there's a lot of volatility and being able to forecast that better than same as last year with some percentage applied is a much better um, answer for the company as they think about how to operate their business and then what the tax impacts of that will be in the future and eventual controversy. Thank you
0: to Teresa and Dr. Berg and everyone who tuned in. This episode is part of a larger series on tax analytic solutions, so please be sure to check out the other episodes in the series and stay tuned for future ones as well. If you'd like further information about these topics, please email the participants whose email address can be found in the description of this episode.